Welcome to How to Feel Better with me, Ruth Kudzi. How you feel better is an inside job, and we're going to be delving into ways that you can enhance the way that you feel about yourself and lead a happier and more fulfilling life. I'm Ruth Kudzi, a master certified coach, best selling author, and coach trainer, and I'm delighted to have you here. A huge part of our well-being is around our finances. The world that we live in right now means that many of us have had anxiety around money in the past. I know that I have been in situations where I haven't looked at my bank account. I know that I have sometimes made decisions without having that financial knowledge and data. And as somebody who owns a couple of businesses and has gone through a process, I would say, in loving my numbers and understanding what those numbers show me, I am such a fan of these conversations. So during my conversation with Yinka, we talk very much about how financial literacy, how understanding our finances helps our well-being. And this is for anybody who is thinking maybe that they don't really have that grasp on it, or they're spending a lot of time, anxiety, worry about what's going on for them financially. If we're going to be calm, if we're going to be happy, we need to understand what is going on for us on that financial level. Welcome to How to Feel Better. And I've got a very, very exciting guest. It's the first time I've actually met her properly, although I feel I know her really well online. She's somebody that I wanted because she talks about money in a way that I think whether we're business owners or professionals, whatever we do, we really need to have a little bit of the yinka. I'd say it's common sense, but I'll be really honest. I read it sometimes and think, I don't know it. So it's not common sense. It's sensible, it's straight talking, but it's also compassionate ways to look at money, which means that you and your business are going to be around for a lot longer. So it's Yinka Aroloo. So I said that right? <laughs> Almost. Don't worry, I'll talk out. <laughs> okay. So welcome, Yinka. Would you like to introduce yourself to all of our listeners? Amazing. Ruth, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Congratulations on your fabulous book. Uh, It is so awesome. And I am really excited to have this conversation with you. Uh, My name is Yinka Ewala. I do a number of different things. So I consult, uh, I coach, uh, and I'm a business strategist. But my jam and the thing I love most and what I'm here to do is to help women win in business. And so in order for them to win in business, I help them move the needle on the things that matter most. And for the business owner, that's on the mindset and habits piece. And on the business, that's cash flow and strategy. And so that's what I do. So let's delve into this, because for me, when we're thinking about how to feel better, I I read, I think it was yesterday or it was some point this week, that 80% of business owners and a similar amount of people who are employed worry about money. I mean, that's huge, isn't it? That's massive. Money is one of the biggest 
causes of anxiety, of divorce, of uh, stress. It is, it is such a modern phenomenon that such a big part of the population is worrying and stressing about money. Mm. And yet, on the flip side, as you said, no one ever wants to talk about money. Truly, people so don't want to talk about money that there is a, a statistic that I can't actually verify for, for the reason I'm about to share, that people even lie to the government about their money. That's how much they don't want to talk about money or face money or deal with money. They will lie to the government. <laughs> so when they're lying to the government, what are they saying? Well, it's things like, uh, you know, earnings and tax returns and, you know, what's going on in those spaces and gifting spouses, and, like tax allowance and things like that. Um, yeah, there's a, a really shocking statistic about how, much we as a society just won't face the money conversation and so even in a space like that people are not facing up to what's going on with their money and it's so interesting isn't it because I know that I've told myself so many things over the years so I mean one of the stories that I told myself was we won't be able to buy our house that we live in now like our dream house and move until my business has been like my training business has been operating for at least three years because I need three years of audited accounts we bought this house on one year of audited accounts so uh, you know there's all of these things that we kind of believe to be true and we don't challenge them do we no we don't and I guess the first thing to say is that so much of what we believe to be common sense about money isn't common sense isn't even true and has been given to us as information for a very specific purpose. You know, there, there, is, there is a reason why the rich are getting richer and many other people aren't. And that is, a lot of that is education, programming, social, you know, conversations. And so, yeah, what, what is commonly believed about money is almost always a lie. And I want to know a bit about what made you get into this space. Because, <laughs> like, if anyone's listened to this so far, they'll be like, Yinka is passionate. Like, <laughs> tell, even by reading, like, her, her LinkedIn post, you can feel that passion about this. So what no, I really you know? am passionate. And, and I got into it for a couple of different reasons. The first is that my, you know, my family, we hail from Nigeria. Mm. And, you know, my parents are two of the most remarkable humans on the planet you know their start in life was so dramatically different from where they enabled us to start in our lives and again their parents amazing you know my grandmothers were just warriors incredible women but we didn't come from wealth so the first reason I kind of talk about and, and really am committed to is I didn't come from a rich family but I'm committed that a rich family will come from me and so in order for me to be to have that rich family come for me to create wealth, not just financial wealth, uh, health wealth, mental wealth, all the types of wealth, feeling better in all the spaces. There's no point feeling better in your bank account and terrible everywhere else. Mm. So in order for that to happen, I knew that I would need a different way of thinking. I would need different information and I'd need different emotions and relationship around money. The second reason why I started all of this was my journey into business. I say I was dragged into business by a, the big C. It wasn't cash flow, it was cancer. So my mum was diagnosed with breast cancer and she was trying to fight for her business while trying to fight for her life. 
Mm. Now, I'll say, first of all, that my mom kicked cancer's butt. She is fine and well and incredible today. And she went climbing up Mount Kilimanjaro to celebrate 10 years free of cancer. That's the kind of badass that my mom is. But when you go into a business and the business is struggling and the business owner is struggling, Mm. you it's a real baptism of fire to only focus on what actually makes the most difference. Yeah. And what I realized at the time, the business was incredible. It was award winning. We had offices and staff and we had, Mm. you know, clients and all that. The one thing that actually makes a business dead or alive is cash. Mm. The business runs out of cash. It's gone. And you can, you know, as someone who came before that from the banking world, I was in the multi-million pound offices of Lehman Brothers the day before they went bankrupt. And yeah. so I'm like, you, you, can look, <laughs> you can look like a success all day long. Yeah. But if you don't have cash in the bank, your business is done. And I, because so many women from my background, you know, as a black woman, um, you know, living in a non-black patriarchy, I was like, I never want to be in a position where, you know, I remember the the tears of my friends who lost their jobs one day to the next, working for a big, immovable, you know, too big to fail investment bank. And mm. I was like, number one, I never want to put my future and the, the, you know, the future of my children in the hands of someone else. But B, I don't ever want to be in a situation where I am facing something that I could have done something about if I was just brave enough to have an awkward conversation. And so I was like, actually, I need, if I'm going to go into business, I need to understand what makes a business work. And that's cash flow and strategy. And so they are, that's the reason why I'm a business strategist. And that's the reason why I focus on cash flow. I love that. And yeah, I remember that so clearly because my old flatmate from New York, I lived in New York when I was 24, 25. He worked for Lehman Brothers. He was a couple of years younger than me. So he had only ever worked for Lehman Brothers. This guy had never, ever taken a day off work. Never. And he was due to come out and come to London with Lehman Brothers. We were really excited. I was saying, maybe you can have a holiday. Maybe like we can go to like Barcelona or something. This will be really fun. And everything came crashing down. It actually was great for him because he had a big reset. But it just reminded you, like he had put his life, he was such a, he's a lovely, I'm talking about him in the past, he's still a lovely guy. <laughs> it was, you know, like it's that whole thing that what we see may well not be what is underneath. 100%. And that's the thing about cash flow. So much time and money is spent looking like a success. Like air quotes all day long. You've got the sparkles, you're doing it for the gram, you've got all the shine. But when all said and done, being a success is a function of very few things. You know, it's a function of, you know, what people say of you when you're not in the room. And in business, it's a function of what is actually going on in your bank account. Because Mm. actually, it doesn't matter how many awards you have. We've seen so Mm. many high street giants disappear. They've had a brand for 100 years. They've got a reputation for days. They've multi-million pounds worth of clients and assets and yet without cash they're gone Mm. and so we have to focus on what matters most even though it you know money is a tough subject yeah we do so knowing that how do you help people in terms of their money let's go then Yeah, great question. Um, So I help people uh, and specifically I work with women 
Uh, so while my content and, you know, as you said, I try and put quite a lot of fire and quite a lot yeah. of value in my content, but I don't work uh, in close proximity with men anymore. So my, my programs are female focused and my one-to-one work is as well. But I help women um, with their money in the way that I wished I had been helped mm-hmm. when it comes to money and business. So I focus on three key areas, which are the three key areas that you need to make any sustainable change in your life. And so the, those three areas is first mindset, because yeah. mindset is what separates the best from the rest. You know, it deals with identity. It deals with, you know, programming, neural pathways. I am preaching to the choir here. So, you know, all about that. The reason why you focus on mindset first is because ultimately, if you don't focus on mindset, you can do whatever you like, but mm. ultimately it won't be sustained you know, and obviously mindset is is broader than just what's going on in your mind. That's your nervous system. That's your energetics. That's all of mm. those pieces. Yeah. But it, So you can do whatever you wish. But if without that kind of core fundamental change, you are always just going to go back to how you were before. So mm. we always start with mindset. And I spend a lot of time focusing and, and thinking about that. I, I've been on some of the most famous and some of the best mindset courses in the world. And yeah. What I'm also minded of is that the evidence of an improved mindset is better actions. And those, they I would agree. never give you action pieces. They'd be like, we'd be doing our affirmations. We'd be visualizing and, mm. you know, I love money and money loves me. Is <laughs> Yes, I do. But now what are you going to do about it? Yeah. And so, <laughs> and so the next piece of the puzzle that I really help women with um, is skills. Because Mm. the only way that you will actually improve your actions is by improving your skills. And these are, you know, some of them are incredibly practical, you know, like how to find the right people for your offers, how to craft an offer, how to present it, all of those marketing sales pieces. But some of them are much more nuanced, like how are you actually spending your time? Do you actually know Mm. what activities you are doing actually make money Mm. so that you can spend more time on them? The reason if you're not experiencing enough money in your business, it's because you're not spending enough time on the things that make money in your business. But mm. most people don't know what they are. So that's why their calendars are full and their bank accounts are empty. And mm. so it, it's about giving them the skills to, you know, the soft skills and the hard skills around improving their cash. And then the third piece, because I'm all about consistency and habits. And, and so that last piece is about habits. Because Mm -hmm. what tends to happen is because we don't like talking about money, we deal with it when we have to. And that's normally when your bank account is like careering down to, you know, start having a really deep and meaningful relationship with your overdraft. So people experience that feast and famine. I deal with it when I have to. Now Mm -hmm. I've got money in the bank. I don't have to deal with it anymore. And that's why they have that up and down and anxiety piece. And so what I help them to do there is to recognize that actually like self-care, Money isn't something that should be occasional and it shouldn't be an emergency practice. If you make it a small, tiny, manageable daily habit, actually, it serves you very well. One of my coaches says, first, you feed your commitment, then your commitment feeds you. So mindset, skill set and habits is how I help women around the money piece. And how does this like so that kind of three pronged attack? Yeah. How does that help people feel better? Like what is, what is the emotional impact of that? Such a great question. So I guess the first thing to say is part of what causes so much anxiety around money is the feeling that you're not in control. 
Yeah. Um, that, that fear of unknown is a real big deal. Mm. Yeah. And so that, you know, whether it's the mindset piece that helps you to understand that money is a tool, it is an amazing way to no longer have to negotiate with problems, but just finance solutions. But it's not the be all and end all of life. It will never replace, you know, the hugs from your children or, or, or hearing them laugh and play. And so giving money, um, the mindset piece really helps to put money in its rightful place. It's important and great at some things and it has nothing to do with other things. The skills piece really helps to build confidence. You know, Mm -hmm. there's nothing worse than wanting to do something and then having the story in your mind that I can't do it because I don't know how. And so being able to have a really clear roadmap to, and you know, you're not having to reverse engineer it or figure it out yourself, Mm -hmm. but you're able to say, actually, I can take these well-calculated steps and I can get a result. The fact is that no one can predict the future. It said that the easiest way to predict the future is to create it. So having those skills really gives you that sense of confidence in yourself. And again, that's that sense, and and some will say illusion, but of control and at least being able to get your arms around it. And then the habits just reduces that anxiety piece. Like, honestly, the, the amount of women that come into my spaces and they're like really stressed that they've they've always got they've either got always got more month than money or uh-huh. they are always you know on that cash flow roller coaster and yeah. so being able to know that I don't have to do this big thing that seems really dramatic and harder and bigger than me knowing that I get to kind of really make it small and manageable each day and I can see my results compounding Again, it gives a sense of calm, gives a sense of control. The things that I I hear my clients say, uh, and I'm such a crier, I cry all the time. Mm -hmm. But they they do. They say things like, you know, I got to buy my son something um, and I didn't have to worry about the price. I'm I'm no longer worried about money. I'm enjoying running my business again. I'm thinking about the future again. So that sense of hope and enjoyment and excitement, having all of that really creates, Yeah. yeah makes you feel better across the board (laughs) yeah yeah it really does it really does so if we are really thinking about someone's listening to this and they're like what what is the first thing that you'd start looking at in terms of money the first thing I'd start looking at in terms of money is what I have been doing in the past because Mm -hmm. nothing about what we're ever going to do everything happens in the context of time and, yeah. and, and one of the things that people often, you know, they want to read the books and they want to do the affirmations and I get all of that. And, and it's not that that's not coming, but the most powerful move is always to take a look at what has brought you to this point. So what have your actions been? What stories have you been telling yourself? What did you hear your parents talking about? Or what was the relationship in your home when you were growing up and picking up those subliminal money messages? Taking a look back is always what I get people to do first. And honestly, it's illuminating. The other thing as well to just say for the record is all the women I work with, they do that same exercise and they come and they're like, you know, they they almost whisper what they want to tell you because they feel they're the only one. And I can tell you, women from across the world, Sri Lanka to Soweto to San Francisco, the money stories are the same the stories of scarcity and limit even in wealthy families the stories of needing to hustle for your worthiness and having to work really hard if you want to make more money and all of those are 
story. There is objective proof that every single one of those ideas or beliefs are not true. And Mm. so it is to say that when you look back, whatever it is that you find there, it will obviously have your familial and cultural context. But I assure you, it's a money story that's shared by many, many people around the world. And I think what is nice there is it's like kind of saying we don't need to be perfect. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) We believe that we do, don't we? And that is a big, it's a really powerful point. And what I will say is we'll never be perfect. I spend a lot of time talking about this. I'm still on my journey. I'm still pushing against and out, pushing out my, you know, comfort zone and limiting beliefs. Um, You're absolutely right. You don't have to be perfect but you do have to get started. And that's the thing. We often want to perfect it in theory before we take the first move. And actually we get to, you know, one a different one of my mentors said, first you get started, then you get good, then you get smart. And so you, you, don't have to, you don't have to be smart. <laughs> you don't have to be good. You just have to get started. And I, yeah, it's so liberating and you're absolutely right. So where can people find out some more about you? Best place to come find out more about me is over on LinkedIn. I produce content there every day. As I said, it's part of my uh, service to the world, sharing my little ideas and missives. And then equally, uh, they can hit me up on an email, hello at callasuccess.com, and the team will pick up those messages and forward them to me. But LinkedIn is the best place to find me or any other socials, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. I am there as me as well. Um, although I'm there less often but yeah they can find me on socials or in an email too brilliant well thank you so much all of these are going to be in the show notes too I have absolutely loved this conversation and taken some nuggets too I think when we look after our financial health we therefore look after our future well-being and we feel better too so thank you so much Inka I enjoyed this as much as I thought I would amazing thanks for having me Ruth appreciate it I hope that you have taken away some elements of this conversation with Yinka that will make you go into the way that you look at money and your finances in a different way. I know for me personally, the way that I've looked at money has transformed over the last couple of years. And it actually took a big shock personally and in our business where we did have a loss one year that really helped me transform. And now I know my numbers inside out. Now I know where my profit is. And now I know what I can spend. And I've taken that into my personal life too. Because for me, having that foundation of financial security means that I'm able to be more creative, means I'm able to focus on my well-being. So actually, having the knowledge, knowing where I'm at, And knowing what I need to do has made a huge difference for me. So I'd love to know what insights you gained from this interview and what you're going to take away too. Take care. I hope that you've got some practical things that you can take away so that you can feel better. If you have enjoyed this episode or if you've got any feedback at all for me, hop on over to Insta, find me at Ruth Kidsey and drop me a message. I will be delighted to talk to you. Take care.